When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? This is Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts. Welcome to another episode of the Knife Talk podcast. As always, I'm here with Craig Lockwood, who's joining us from Huelos. And uh, and then we also have Mr. Uh, what's his name again? Yeah, what's Jeff? his name? Yeah, fine. With Mr. What's his name? Jeff no. Fader of Fader Knives joining <laughs> us from New York City. Or I guess New York State. We are here to join you in the shop, to join you along your journey. Help time pass. We're here to answer your questions, uh, work through your dilemmas, just to keep you company and give you guys a good time. And so without further ado... We're going to get into the show, and we like to catch up, play a little catch-up. Craig's actually uh, been on the road. He, We missed him last week, but we're so thankful to have him back again. I've, I've heard good things about last week's show. Um, I had a few messages from people saying... Did you hear about me yeah. coughing into the microphone? No, non-stop? no, no. Okay. okay. He, he, Mareko is on delay, <laughs> and oh, we, okay. I recognize it because I'm really kind of trying to focus on the little icons in our... This is fourth wall shit. This is the back office stuff. Yeah. I could see based off of, we were, you know, talking over each other and I was, I looked at the mic and I realized looking at the icon that he was, he was delayed. So okay, yeah. the best yeah. part was, you know, you know, you know, Craig, he hits the cough button or the, the <laughs> more than anybody else. I mean, you can't, I mean, Always. I just, I just did I mean, like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so like he would hit the cough button, but then he'd cough. So I had to like, let him know it was. Yeah, I kind of wanted to Well, and I owe you a major thank you, Jeff, for being point man because I was like, with a delay, like that kind of, I, I had to then rely on you to throw it to me because I, I don't know where you guys are at. And I, I hate the whole talking over each other right. thing. And so thank you for being that uh, and making it funny. Um, next, <laughs> maybe next time we'll have to turn it into a drinking game. Mm. Every time Marco coughs into the microphone, you got to take a drink. The funny part was, was uh, Don was saying, I, I hope you fart. In the, that would have been very funny, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> so so you, know. you thought you were muted, and because of the delay, right. it was still like, right, yeah. I've got you. Okay, yeah. okay. Right. Look, yeah, radio's... Even, it, at one point, Jeff was like, it's like a three-second delay. So I pushed the mute button, oh. and then I like, counted in my head, but apparently I counted too fast. And then I went, Bleh! and then I unmuted it, <laughs> and it still went through. <laughs> I yeah. said, God damn it. <laughs> I miss you, Craig. <laughs> oh, it feels as if it's been weeks and weeks and weeks since the three of us have been together. But it's, you know, it's, it's two weeks, basically. But um, it feels like a long time. A lot has happened in, the, in that two weeks. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, 
well, yeah, well, I've been, we had a little holiday, myself and Amy, which we haven't done, just the two of us, since the, the babies were born. Um, so it's been three years in the making. Um, it was originally meant to be three weeks beforehand going to Greece, but we had to scrap that because of the childcare issue we had. Um, but we managed to get away for five days. And, oh, um, wow. And it was, oh, it was the best. It was, yeah, we didn't do anything. Well, I, that is a lie, actually. So... <laughs> We ha- we had to uh, drive through the night to get to the airport. We had like a six a.m. flight, and it was a four-hour drive to the airport. Oh! And I had a gig the night before too, oh. so we couldn't even like have a sleep. So we had to stay up all night. So we managed to get to the get to the airport. We flew. We is um, Alicante in Spain. Um, we got there um, sort of eight a.m. We managed to get early check-in at the hotel. So we're like, okay, we're gonna get you know we're gonna get some sleep now before the day starts. Um, we couldn't get, it was hot. We didn't, you know, you just arrived somewhere. You can't sleep. Um, and we ended up going out that day with, um, Nick who produced my record, who, who lives in Alicante. So he said, I'll take you out for the evening. He took us out. We didn't get back until 5am the next day. Oh, so I'm now on two and a half, shit. two and a half days of no sleep. And this is day one of holiday. Um, so yeah. So then when we did finally get to bed, we were literally in bed till 4pm the next day. It was, yeah. So we missed a whole day, but it was just the fact that we could. (laughs) And the kids went there to wake us up. And we spent the next three or four days then literally just in a cabana by the pool, ordering cold drinks, just completely relaxing. It was lovely. Mm. Really good. Really good. Yeah. But then we had another issue. We had to, (laughs) oh, geez. So we, we were coming to Wales, but obviously the children were still in France. So we had to fly into France early in the morning. Um, get on our washing done, repack, pack all the kids stuff, and later that day fly back to Wales. Oh. Um, but we had like a two-hour delay as well with the kid. Ah, it was just, yeah. So traveling hasn't been good, but it was nice to have a break. Um, but traveling has really done me in, and even now I am knackered, absolutely knackered. Did you have any excellent food or beverages in Spain? We had a lot of paella, um, which I'm sure you'd be happy with. Um, How was it? Really good, really, really good. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, the best paella we had was not in a restaurant. Um, it was actually just from the supermarket. They do like, they, they, it's like pre-made stuff and you take it home and warm it back up. It was far better than anything we had in any of the restaurants. It was amazing. Hot take. Uh, I've had paella yeah. in Spain four times. Yeah. Not good. Really? Not great, that's for sure. Nothing to okay. write home about. I mean, well, really? nothing to write home about. So yeah, w- what is what is happening? What compared to like the one I, you make, which I've had, one. it's phenomenal. I'm getting the wrong ones. I don't You're know what to say. Ones? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I my grandfather used to make paella, so it's like runs the blood. Yeah. So I don't know. I fucked the final, but I mean, like I had a couple. Who cares? It was paella talk. Yeah, I tell you, we did have an amazing drink. Um, so we went out with Nick and a couple of his friends, and they were they were Lebanese. And and we we just talked about drinks what everybody's having and they were saying we were on about shots and I said I can't do shots they just kill me the next day kill me and they said ah oh, ah oh, you need to try this so imagine this so it's, so it's quite a big shot it's not you know it's not a down in one it's a, it's not a sipper either it's sort of three downs if you know what I mean mm. um, half freshly squeezed lemon juice half vodka but then you put Tabasco. Um, a lots of black pepper. Oh Jesus! Really Christ. strange, and an olive. Oh. 
And I tell you what, it was a taste sensation. Really? We, we had so many of them. And yeah, it was good. It was good. Sounds like the I name mean, of it should be the curdled sphincter. It was no, no it was yep. it was sour. It was hot. It was salty from the olive. It was it really it's almost good. got a Bloody One Mary hole. kind of active thing going on with it, with the citrus and the tomato and the spicy and the it, olive. No, well, no tomatoes. Brine. Tabasco. Or, sorry, I mean, no, the Tabasco. Yeah. I mean, yes, from, yeah, yeah. So to me, that yeah, almost sounds very like good. A, bloody mary shot look at you yeah it was good and apparently it's like a lebanese it's a lebanese drink you know i'd never i'd never heard of it but um very very good very i'm good. into it i'll try that yeah Oof. yeah Go but ahead. it was hot there it was so hot so hot and even now that the temperature is rising and there's, there's big problems in in southern europe where it's going up to sort of 50 52 degrees celsius which is hot it's, as balls it's hot as hell in, in the united states hot as it, hell it hot is there too wow yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we're still careful what the, we wish for, right? In the winter months when we're thinking, <laughs> right. oh, I wish it was a bit warmer. And we're still seeing the smog from uh, from the Canadian wildfires. Really? Oh, oh still. I mean, it wasn't as bad. There was one time before I left for 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 Barcelona where it was like apocalyptic looking. Yeah, yeah. And I, mm. I actually talked to uh, Riley Kirkpatrick who said, oh, that's in the Pacific Northwest. That's every summer. It's always like that because yeah. I guess the wildfires were so bad. But mm. yeah, they're still they're still uh, fogging it up. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah, depend, sometimes it comes from kind of central eastern Washington, actually where Salem Straub lives in the Wenatchee uh, forest, or it comes up from California and Oregon. There you go. But it, it sounds like you guys, Jeff, have been getting your dick kicked in with all that rain. I was just talking to Nick Anger, and his fucking town flooded. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we didn't, I mean... Uh, across the like 15 minutes away from us, it was like a washout, and the roads leading to West Point got literally washed away. Uh, it's not; it wasn't as bad as Montpelier, Vermont, but it was bad. It was real bad. But for us, particularly our street, it wasn't bad at all. But I mean, some people really got, yeah. Look, what are we? What, are, what kind of fucking podcast is this anyway? So, <laughs> I do, we're here I, for news and weather. We're here for news and weather. I do have some knife, a knife-related funny story happened to me. Uh, this past week um and it was like it was like out of you know dumb things people say that are all bit dumb people's things oh yeah so we got invited to a party my wife and i got invited to a party by a good friend of ours is turning it was a birthday and she invited all these as she told me she she said we i invited all these creative people i'm this is not a hot take this is just a regular take if you're creative and don't really execute your creativity you're a flake <laughs> it's just if, that's it i mean period if you're a create if you talk creatively and that's it shoulda flake. woulda coulda totally yeah. flake you're a flake so she uh, we were having a nice time and there were all sorts of people there and they had like dancers and poets and all these goddamn people and she pulls me aside she says i have to have i have to meet i have to introduce you to someone and she introduced me to this Guy seemed perfectly nice, rotund, <laughs> just put it mildly. <laughs> and he's like stuffing his face with a taco or something like that. And she says, Yeah, Jeff, I want you to meet this guy. Oh, you, I think you guys would be really close friends. I feel it would be wrong if I didn't introduce you to. I think you're going to be close friends, which is always just like, This is not going to be good. We all know this isn't going to be like good. a blind this date. A blind yeah, date, right, right. Totally. So I go into podcast mode because I don't want to start right in. And I'm like, oh, so tell me about yourself. And I'm, I'm active listening and I'm 
you're listening. Oh, so you know what's saying? And then I'm labeling and mirroring. I'm doing all the stuff you're supposed to do to kind of like you know, <laughs> be have playing a, with your hair. I'm okay, having yeah. a conversation. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm trying to like, what are you doing? Stroking your crotch. He goes, oh, all right. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It wasn't that kind of <laughs> conversation. And they go, I go, oh, so what are you doing? Oh, I I edit plays. Oh my god, you don't say you edit plays. That's that's called labeling when you when you when you. Re when you tell them what they've said and makes them engage yeah. and oh you don't say tell me all about it like, oh you know we're working on editing plays big fucking deal and then I and then I'm you know and then I ask a couple more questions and I'm just like this is there's no way he and I are gonna be friends there's just no way so he goes oh so what do you do and I said I made a mistake I said I'm a knife okay. maker oh Jesus and and he goes, I'm a knife maker what I should have said well I'll tell you what I should have said later so he goes oh well. Are you one of those guys who sells the ridiculously expensive knives? I have a knife made, given to me, made by a guy in the woods, and he used a saw blade for from a, a mill. And it's like you have no idea. This is a real knife, and I don't know. I mean, it was like no pleasantries whatsoever. Yeah. And then he goes, and he goes, and I'm willing to pay for a knife if it lasts. I, I mean, I'm willing to pay upwards of two hundred dollars. <laughs> For a knife, for a knife as long as it's gonna last me my lifetime, and I'm out. I'm already out because it's like the guy. And the mistake I made, and I think this is the mistake that our listeners make, mm. is they say a knife maker. And the reason why is when you say knife maker, you already put yourself in the pigeonhole in people's minds of like a cobbler or a mm. fucking mm. little lowly peon. I should have said I own a knife business or I have a knife company. I own a knife yes. company. You will automatically. We make custom high-end knives. I, don't say, just start off with, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I have a knife company or I'm a president or I'm so, something like that. When you say you're a knife maker, you might as well say I, you know, oh, I, uh, you know, I pick up the shit behind an elephant i mean it might as well i mean literally it might as well because it's like oh i've seen a lot of elephants and you know you know it's just like it was just so stupid i you know what and what i did was I, he he turned a friend of mine asked him a question i fucking walked away nice. oh as soon as he turned That's his head perfect. that fat fucking head of his i turned away i thought there's no way that big old cheek's gonna see me they gonna use a cheek in the side of his face as a pick you ain't gonna it's see me behind jowl. the side. You're gonna say, ain't gonna see me beside the side of his face. So that's the mistake we're all making, knife makers. If you want to be talked to like a fucking <laughs> asshole, say you're a knife maker. Do something else. You gotta say something else. Don't say bladesmith. Don't say say you're the president of a knife company or your own a knife company or say mm. something that people will automatically stand up straight. Because otherwise. <sighs> Elephant shit is what you get. <laughs> yeah. sometimes, sometimes I say I'm a, a mixed media sculptor. Yeah, might oh. as well. Uh, not, I mean, oh, you don't say. I know about They automatically. <laughs> I mean, they automatically, or, oh, I know about. No. And yeah. we have to stop with that if it lasts me a lifetime. There's not a knife on this planet that's going to not outlast your lifetime. It's just a question of how it's kept. Yeah, you know, so like, okay for you know, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will not, if it better last me a lifetime, go f with the elephants, dude. <laughs> the, the, mi the mixed media sculptor thing, I think I've only said uh, like a couple of times, really jokingly, and then I actually do go into it. But if I'm trying to avoid having a conversation about what I do, I say that I'm a, a, a metal, mag uh, metal fabricator 
or steel mm. fabricator. That's, that's or I work with. I'm a metal worker. I work with metal. That's a. Then they automatically think you're a hard hat guy, which is fine. And then I, they well, won't ask you they any questions. Exactly. They right. don't give a fuck right. after that. They're right. like, oh, all right. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Conversation yeah. moves on. Yep. <laughs> I'm yep. like, yes. Yep. You got it. You cannot say knife maker unless you want to be talked down to. <laughs> like you're like Good a peddler. Point. You're a or peddler. If you, yeah, every, all of it. It's like, yeah. wow, really? Oh, how much is your work? Do, are you ready to have that conversation? Do you want to have? And mm-hmm. and then then once you throw a price out, even if it's a super reasonable two three hundred dollars, you, are you ready to justify that to people? Like I fucking hate those conversations because even yeah, that yeah. is like twisting somebody's fucking arm off. Our relationship that he and I had in the beginning was of mutual respect. As soon as I said knife maker, he immediately <laughs> was talked down to me like, you're not one of those guys who charge a lot of money. I'm willing to pay upwards of $200, as if he said like $2 million. You know, it was just like, get me out of this conversation. $200. Yeah, it was terrible. Wow. So that's that. Jeez. I imagine him in like a big cowboy hat, a nope. white suit, big belly. You know, you want me to describe his mustache? Two hundred dollars. He had a uh, he had red hair, receding, big old ball spot, disheveled. He had a T-shirt with some sort of ironic gas station or something on it. Oh my god! A a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt that, between you and me, could not be buttoned. There's no way. No way. You mean he both had, of us pulling on each side of the shirt could not this, button it. Yeah, fucking edit in a way that shirt's buttoning. Yeah, but those buttons are are on strike with the with the sag with the sag guys. And then he had a pair of dirty uh black jeans that were ill fitting. So there you go. He looked like a fat, red headed Magnum PI. <laughs> 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 There you go. <laughs> a mustache too. No mustache. Oh. So there you Boo. go. That's my story. My night talk okay. story. Well, you cool. also mentioned that you've been not getting a lot of sleep. You're busting your ass this week. What have you been doing in the knife shop? Oh well, been we've been. I've, you know, I've been getting a lot of sleep because <sighs> I'm, we don't have air conditioning. We never did. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> and I get to bed too late. And um and. The frankly, the Yankees are ruining my summer. They are ruining my <laughs> summer. I'm listening to these assholes lose every goddamn game, and I'm not. I'm getting to bed too late. I can't fall asleep because it's too hot. And then I'm working like a dog. We're we're uh, we just dropping. As when this comes out, we've finished. Uh, well, when this is over, we'll have 25 pairing knives up on the website. Hopefully, uh, we've, uh, we did 15. A uh, new cosmic drift pairing knives, and then we're doing uh, another uh, uh, fifteen or so pairing knives. We're going to put up this coming week. So we're you're all on ass. We're all on ass. Are those nice. those ones I saw you post that have kind of like the upswept edge? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so when I design knives, I, part of me is like, I don't want to do the same thing. If I already have a pairing knife, why don't we do something different? You know, same thing with mm-hmm. the chef knives. Like, tip goes in the middle, tip goes in the bottom, tip goes in the top. Let's change it up. So I wanted to do something completely different, and, and uh, this one definitely does. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. July is uh, talking to a lot of other knife makers and business people is not the best. So yeah. we're doing whatever it takes at this point. Thanks. Fair enough. Okay. Morocco, what's been going on with you? 
Uh, I just got done actually having my business meeting with my wife. We usually do it on podcast day because the podcast for me is in the middle of the day. So the first part of the morning, we just sit and talk about the business. She helps with the business, especially kind of helping to execute. I'm more like, like the ideas and stuff like that. And, and she helps to reflect back whether or not some of these ideas are actually viable or not. Cause I have, some of them are a little out there. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, we had a really good meeting, um, talking about some of the stuff we got coming up, like, uh, my class, my West coast class, and my East coast class, both geared around, um, Damascus. Uh, if anybody wants more information on that, you can check out my Instagram, uh, about maker camp. I actually talked to Austin yesterday, had a really great chat with him about being at maker camp. Got that locked in. I'll be there doing some demonstrating. Uh, actually, people who've been there in the past, if you want to shoot me a message, I'd be curious what people are into, interested in, in learning from me uh, in person. Um, there's only so much you can actually do with Maker Camp, but the the blade grinding was a really great success, I think, last year, um, and the handle sculpting. And I think I want to do something maybe around... Um, like material planning, uh, how I use mathematics for not only planning my Damascus billets, but also for de uh, planning the amount of material I need for forging, say, an integral chef's knife or a non-integral chef's knife, all that kind of stuff in between. Because especially after you spend all that time making that steel, it is a drag um, having to cut some of that away. Um, sometimes that's part of the plan, but when it's not part of the pan plan, it is uh, not fun. I hate it. Um, so yeah, we just, we got a lot of good things coming up when I got back. I, so last week I was at the lake, hence the poor internet or the slow internet, uh, and the cough, constant coughing. Um, I, I got back, I refurbished a knife that I've been sitting on actually for the last month, I think, or maybe two I months. I did see that on Instagram. Yeah. Wow. You made that look brand spanking new. Yeah. That was the goal. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great knife when it first started that actually that handle material, um, if people go check it out. It's on my profile. Uh, it's got, it's really dark. It actually looks like a, like a walnut, like an aged walnut or something mm. like that. That started as kind of like a, a burnt pinkish burnt orange kind of handle material. It was, it was a Madrona burl and I don't know what the fuck happened. They let it soak in a sink full of like trash waters. I don't know. I feel bad uh, because the, the lady that bought it is a great, and she's very nice. She's a local restaurateur and a chef. And, but she clearly did not know how to t properly take care of a carbon steel knife. Cause that knife was fucked up. Like the pit, <laughs> the surface of that steel was all pitted out. There were some gnarly deep, uh, pitting spots. Um, probably from, I don't know what, but anyways, yeah, it was before I actually even started S grinding. So I went in there, I dug all that shit out. Um, basically reef re, uh, yeah, re refinished the blade, put an S grind in it, polished it back up. Um, redid the handle. Um, everything came out beautifully. And, um, I did, I used a new process or uh, a new wax for me. Uh, I used carnauba wax on, mm. on the handle and it took a really nice high shine. I did notice I was cause this is the very first time I tried it. I like to experiment on blades that are already sold. <laughs> uh, cause I don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to get fucked up. Um, I guess I still kind of do. Anyways, I, I'm willing to take the gamble, and uh, I tried it. And I know, I, I guess, part of the reason I was willing to take the gamble is I, I know it I've seen it work before on other people's stuff, especially uh, Kyle Royer has has used Carnuba wax on some of his pieces. Um, 
And carnauba wax is a food grade safe wax. Uh, but anyways, uh, I took my glue cause I was doing everything and like polishing the blade up and everything with like these gloves on to try to keep it nice and gloss. And I was like, well, how well does this actually hold up? So I took the gloves off and was just like meat hooking the shit out of this thing just to see what happened. And it did kind of dull the finish, but it was actually really easy to polish it right back up just with a paper towel. Cause I was curious what the person uh, who owns this is going to actually be able to, and they're not going to have like microfiber towels or, or sunshine cloths or a buffing compound in a buffing wheel at their house. Mm-hmm. So what can they do in their actual home? And it actually did brighten up back uh, nicely. So I did do, um, I, I finished that out. Um, kind of actually with that dulled finish because it's going to be closer to what they'll repeatedly see over and over. Um, and and that was great to get that back out. I got another, I, I had knife sharpening this week, uh, which I actually have to bail out early. Uh, so if I don't stay through the whole podcast, I apologize. And I don't know, it's been a good week. I, I think I was actually just talking to Nick Anger, as I mentioned earlier. And I've been out of town, or like really not been in my shop very consistently for the last like three months. And I think that has really kind of put a fire under my ass to get back to sh- in the shop and get back to work. Um, and so I've been feeling really productive and it feels good. And I'm excited for things that are coming up. Nice. Look at you. Look at you. Very nice. A rest is as good as a change. Or yeah. Way around. Something like that. Yeah. Well, look, we've got a million and one questions to get through. Um, but before we do, there's two things that every knife maker needs to make a great knife. Um, one is a, a kiln or an oven. Um, and you couldn't be, you know, yeah, you couldn't pick a better choice than an even heat. Evenheat-kiln.com. They're the ovens that we use, the three of us. Um, everybody uses even heats. They're, they are they are the shit, as we keep saying. Um <laughs> Make sure you go take a look. Evenheat-kiln.com. Family-run business. Great, great equipment. Um, you're missing out if you don't have one. Um, and the other is abrasives. We all need abrasives. Um, and who better to provide you abrasives than combatabrasives.com? Um, they got everything. Um, lots of different types, you know, ceramic and aluminium, anything that you possibly need all the grits that you could possibly need they're made in-house as well they do the shredders that we all love um combatabrasives.com um what is their offer jeff it's knife talk 15 for 15 percent off all your abrasives and p.s get yourself some of them compounds and the the mops is or the wheels for all that your buffing needs for all your buffing needs, combatabrasives.com. Knife Talk 15, get 15% off. That's a huge discount. Have you guys played with that purple compound they sell? Funny I've been you seeing say. Will Brigham. <laughs> Will Brigham, is, I mean, I'd be curious to see what you've done, but I've been seeing Will Brigham polishing with that purple compound, and holy shit, the mirror finish on the silver portion of his Damascus is amazing. Amazing. I, what have you been doing? I... Uh, Andreas Kalani was doing a thing on combat and he was saying for all your Kydex you get the yellow wheel and then you get the purple compound I got the yellow wheel and purple purple compound and I was trying to buff a piece of G10 up and I wanted a firmer wheel and I thought let's see what the 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 yellow Kydex wheel does and I used the purple compound with the yellow Kydex on the on the G10 and I was stupefied Nice. I was stupefied. And I did that this week and it was stupefied. Stupefied. So, there you go. You sound like okay. disturbed. 
I was disturbed. The extra stupefaction. Try the purple buffing compound. (laughs) Yellow wheel. All right. Okay. Okay. Questions. Um, The first one is from Lucky Bastard Artworks. Um, And he's DM'd us on Instagram. We are Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. And he says, hey, boys, I've got a question for you. I have an incredible hookup uh, for game-worn NHL hockey skate blades. Um, I normally work with uh, with proper blade steel, 1095, ATC, RV2, etc. Uh, but really want to use this steel to make cool and novelty knives and tools. Best I can find out is that the steel is most likely 440C. What are my chances of forging this steel with minimal equipment, as uh, so gas forge, an anvil, welder, and grinder? Uh, thanks, boys. Appreciate you spreading your knowledge and experience to the masses. Um, Okay, so blades off skates. Um, for, well, first off, do we think it's 440C? I have no bl- idea. I actually, I did a little search, and I couldn't find any information on mm. what the steel is that those skates are actually made from. Yeah. I mean, they, they need to hold an edge, don't they? I mean, you get them sharpened, but they need to hold an edge. So they're going to they're gonna be pretty, they're going to be pretty tough. But, yeah, um, they they need the whole edge. Uh, yeah, how well they hold that edge. I know that's, or at least from what I understand, that skates do get sharpened somewhat frequently, hmm. um, which is why they're. I think the blades are easily replaced uh, after a certain amount of use. Um, but how much carbon is in there to actually make something uh, that takes a good edge or a decent edge and is tough uh, is the question. Um, and I'm guessing it has probably it's probably like 1045 or something. If it was a basic carbon steel, it'd probably be like ten forty five. I, I think that I think that hockey stakes are, have to be stainless. Oh, you thought stainless right. simply because okay. of the ice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I have no fucking idea. Fuck no. <laughs> I, I would. I would, I would wonder. I would wonder if they're actually. If when I read this, I was just like, you know, look. Everyone said, and this is no disrespect. This is, I'm saying this is peace and love. Everyone sends in these messages saying, I got this stuff and I want to, how do I make, you know, mosaic pattern Damascus with like a fucking thimble and a ball peen hammer? I mean, it's, <laughs> we get that question all the time. And my opinion is, is I don't, I personally, I don't think that the, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, we can get a call from Jesse Killian. He seems like a hockey guy. We, or we have a few hockey, you know, all you Canadians <laughs> send in your fucking, what the skates are made out of. Uh, we wait, I'll wait your answer by the phone. Um, I would assume that they're not heat treated, frankly. I think that a heat treated blade would probably be very, very dangerous. Especially if you, if you know, if it needs a little bit more flex. I don't know, frankly. But I, mm. my opinion is, is like if it's a novelty thing, just use your grinder, make some batarangs, and shut the fuck up. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think this is. Uh, yeah, you're not forging this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, and if it was 440C, it would be a fucking nightmare to forge, um, mm. just with a gas forge, anvil, and a hammer. Um, yeah, I am. I'm with you, Jeff. Like. Uh, make oyster shucking knives maybe or um bottle openers or actually hockey fans are drinkers right that's the perfect fucking way to turn around and turn them into bottle openers and then people can buy bottle openers from the skates made from the skate blades from their favorite hockey team Boom. i think that's done let's get the fuck out of here excellent idea that's a that's your best move because <laughs> there go. you know you don't know we don't we had uh laren thomas on um, a long time ago, and we were talking about forging Damascus, uh, forging stainless. And he says, 
as it cools 440c and a lot of stainlesses they air harden so you have to like constantly keep it at a certain temperature and if you don't have a kiln that's keeping yeah. it at a certain temperature it's going to start to harden yeah so controlled you have cooling to, is crucial right so you got to especially this air cooled stuff you got to be real careful that it doesn't start to like and then it crumbles and then it breaks and then you know you got problems so Mm-hmm. I like Morocco's idea is the best. I'm 100%. Yeah. I speaking good. of speaking of the hotline, I had an idea. And we could do it next week or we could even stride it this week. What if I went on Knife Talk live and kept the volume down and had live questions asked to you guys? Mm. Really? What now? Why not? Should I try it or you know I can I don't have to do it. All I have to do is look down if they have live questions. They have live questions. We could do it next week too. Yeah, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. While you set that up, I'm going to assume Lucky Bastard Works is from Canada. <laughs> um, and look, get some proper steel. Go to maritimeknifesupply.com. He sells well. Lawrence there sells steel belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. And look, if you want hockey skates, he'd probably get them in stock for you as well. He gets everything that we need. Um, go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. They also sell Rhino Wet and Rhino Stick and combat abrasive stuff, um, even heats and broadbacks. They sell it all. Go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Always got an offer on belts. Buy 10, you get 10% off, all that kind of stuff. Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram too. Go take a look. Do yourself a favor. Put and, that hockey stick down. <laughs> and they're sponsoring the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show August 19th in Ontario. Yes. I just realized that I can't do... We have to get to listener feedback this week, number one. But I can't do the Instagram Live and any and other bits. So we'll do, we're going to do it next week. So if you're listening to okay. this week, okay. next Thursday at a, you know around... Uh, Thursday, three thirty or three thirty. Nobody's ST. putting this in their diary, are they? Nobody's <laughs> thinking. Okay, okay. Let me just we'll put that in my file of facts. I'll go on Instagram Live <laughs> and then I'll keep the volume down. And if you want to, ha- at we'll go to the hotline and you can ask questions on there. And then you can. You're not going to hear the show, but you'll you'll get live questions answered. I will okay. say that you can bop back and forth between apps without losing the live stream. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's do it next week. We, you have okay. a hard out anyway. Let's have some fun. All right. We're going to prep everybody for next week. We're going to do the hotline next week. Hotline. Hotline bling. Okay. Hotline bling. Hotline bling. All right, next question comes from Jay Gallego, who Jay Gallego Cutlery Juan actually hand-delivered me a knife at Tomer's place. He's a knife maker in oh, Spain. Oh, cool. He hand-delivered it to me thanking us. Well, he gave the knife to me, but he wanted to thank he wanted to thank me and then he wanted to thank you too for all the because he said he was he wrote this nice note saying it's very hard to you know have a be part of a community in his town and he mm. feels listening to his podcast he's part of this community so Juan's awesome. the man so Juan yeah. says Juan Gallego guys go follow Juan he's awesome he's a super duper guy and he's, he was a pretty tight knife too uh, hey guys um, I'm sure this has been discussed before but I was wondering if you could share your experience with protective paint for heat treating stain Painless. Uh, Condor Sal. I think it's Condor called Sal. Yeah. Condor Sal. I don't know what it is. I have a run of 40 ish knives to heat treat for a friend, and I was wondering about this paint. I saved this one because you were fooling around, Craig, for a while with that paint. I tried it, and I just couldn't get on with it. So it's that green stuff that you sort of paint on, or you can dip on. Um, 
And the whole idea is use it with stainless instead of using a foil wrap. This will protect it from any oxidization. Um, I didn't like it simply because I found it just so, so messy. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't really dry unless I was doing it wrong. It doesn't really sort of dry either. So when it comes to sort of grinding it off, it was, just, I don't know, it was just, to me, it was just, it was a mess. And I think, you know, I had, I had a pretty sort of neat system for doing foil wraps. That was pretty quick. Um, and I found that to be much quicker than using um, that that console stuff. Um, so yeah, I've still got a massive like paint pot sized tin of the stuff. Um, yeah, I, I just found it messy. It, it's it's uh, it, yeah, it was a lot more work than was needed. Really, I think. Hmm. Did you find it to be expensive? Um, I can't remember. This was probably two or three years ago when I bought it, so I, I can't quite remember. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I. I I, f- I found it didn't save me time, which was which is what I was going for. Um, whether the results are better, I don't know. But certainly with time-wise, I didn't find it better. Um, I was having to put like multiple coats on, and you've got to wait a certain time. And it, it was just, I don't know, all a bit messy. I've never ever- used it myself. I have no experience with any of the, like, uh, what's the other one that's here in the States? It's like Turco or something like that. Oh, no. Um, and actually, I think... Maritime's Knife Supply sells uh, some of those paints, but I've never used them. I, I hear people use them with great results. I just, I've never used them myself. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of foil. And, and I'll tell you, the price of stainless foil has gone up. That's for sure. You used to be able to get a roll for like 150 bucks, and now it's pushing hmm. 200 these days. Um, I tend, but it lasts a lot. I mean, it's a lot. A, a big fo- roll is a lot of not. You can get a lot of knives out of there. Yeah. I particularly think, and then I've been saving. I've never thrown one foil out, and a part of me thinks I'm going to use it for something. I know that Steve Schwarzer uses it for the foil, for the used foil, uh, mm. in his canister Damascus. He has a whole big thing about in his videos mm. about how he uses the used foil for the separation uh that's one thing are these but, the videos uh, he did with jason knight the jason knight, yeah he did a series i of, see so you're giving away his secrets i mean if that's giving <laughs> away if it's saying he uses the foil and that's giving kidding. away the secrets then i mean i'm a fucking genius because <laughs> i couldn't figure it out now and i watched the fucking video yeah um i i think that for 40 knives i think you could probably get some foil and just set it and forget it. I think the stuff is awesome. I love using the foil and I I just don't want to deal with you know, you're doing 40 knives, you got to put them somewhere to dry and I don't know how it works yeah. and, mm-hmm. and clean up sounds awful. When I did it, it was almost half-hearted because in my mind I'm thinking this isn't going to work, surely. You know, you know it's like magical stuff if it does. Um so yeah, my heart wasn't in it anyway, I suppose. And if you're um, quenching 40 knives, plate quenching, I'm sure that gluck is going to get everywhere, right? Yeah. You said it doesn't dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, um, it can dry, but it can be it almost like gunk. Not, not quite. It's not. You don't put it on as thick as clay, obviously, so it doesn't peel off. But there's just I, I don't know. It's just not nice. Wasn't nice. There you go. I just what? pulled up on MSC. They sell the three twenty one, which I think is the one I think rated for higher temperatures. Um, they got a twenty inch wide, um, by twenty five feet long. Uh, tool roll for 150 bucks to a wrap tool wrap for 150 bucks. Hmm. I think I I think I do better than that. 
Okay. I, I get like two feet. I get like, who cares? What you got? And it's, you know, you roll it in. I mean, it's not that much. If you, you know, you're doing 40 knives. Right. You roll it in the price. is not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. You get yourself some plasters. Or band-aids, as you might call them. Oh, yeah. dude. You don't, you don't, you'll never get a cut as bad as using stainless steel yeah. foil. It's it ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Every time. I mean, it is like, it's the kind of, it's the kind of cut that you get where you, you immediately take your finger and you bring it right up to your chest and you breathe in deep yeah. and then you're just like i don't want to look down and then, you're, and then you don't see it's like one of them ninja movies where they cut the fucking fruit and then the and then all of a sudden the fruit falls apart afterwards it's like you don't see it and then all of a sudden you start to see this spring of blood and they're just like oh, got just little pretty good started falling. oh yeah. nasty fucking, stuff yeah. oh just the worst worst i i swear to god I, every time i've touched any of the steel wrap stuff i've gotten cut i, I think mm. I'm maybe out of all the times i haven't been cut like once or twice every time yeah, there you go. Got to be careful with that foil. All right, so. this next one is from Quantum Ironworks. Uh, he's got a question on sheaths. Uh, I'm currently focused on offering custom fixed blade hunting and EDC knives via newsletter. My original plan was not to include a sheath, uh, primarily due to most people having a preference on the carry position and design. Also, I'm simply not tooled up to make sheaths. I've also uh, I've used custom sheath makers in the past, but the uh, that route would increase the cost substantially. However, from the customer's perspective, I am paying uh, I am paying a good amount of money for a custom knife. I would appreciate a base sheath to be able to carry the knife out of the box. Should I include a sheath with each knife and increase the price, or should I sell the knife at a base price and leave it to a customer uh, to the customer to select the exact sheath they prefer? Mm. This sounds like a Jeff question. Yeah, and I like that. I like. I think what Jeff's answer will be that it's it's a it's a perfect for shipping too. You know, just like a Kydex sheath, it protects the blade for shipping as well. So it's 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 doing that that too for you. Um, but what do you think, Jeff? I mean, do all your knives come with a Kydex sheath now? Yes, everyone okay. except for the oyster. Uh, some one particular type of oyster knife doesn't, only because it just. There's a curve in the blade going down, and it's impossible mm, to yeah. get in and out of the sheath. I yeah. wanted. I used to want just. I used to, when I first started. I was like leather sheaths, and Kyle Dale used to make my sheaths for me, and they look great. He did a great job, and um, but it was like it was such a production because I have to send it to him, and then yeah. he would, you know, it, the whole thing sucked. I mean, he did a great job. Every one of them, he did a great job. But it was like the production of having to send it to him, and then he sends it back, and then the this and the that. I, I don't like any of that. Um, so. And the other thing is, is frankly, I didn't want to use leather. I didn't want to use leather. I didn't want to learn yeah. about leather. I didn't want to do it. I was just like, I just don't want to get involved with another. Because it's a to good leather make, good leather sheath makers. It's not just like you know watching a YouTube video and like making some buckskin bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta like the real people who do a good job. They, I mean, it's like amazing. So yeah. I didn't, and I also didn't want to get one of those. Like, there's some guys who'll make like your. Uh, you know, the, you know, the universal fit and it just was like, so I learned how to do the Kydex and the Kydex is good. And what I do is I roll the Kydex into the price because I make them pretty quick. Do I, am I the best Kydex guy of all time? Absolutely not. They're perfectly good. And it gives you the opportunity. If you have a, a leather guy you want or a leather person, you can send it to the leather guy, you know, yeah. but at least you have something to start off with, and if you want to invest in getting a leather guy, I have one friend of mine's like, "Do you know any leather guys?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I don't really do leather because it's just such a production." 
Um, but you know, you can once you find a guy, you have the sheath knife ready to go. I, I do believe for especially outdoor knives, if you don't have some type of sheath to send with it, it's a little, little. I mean, it's like, I mean, come on, yeah. It's like sending, selling a power hammer with no, no dies. I mean, right. it's, it's like, I mean, you can't really do anything. I'm going to walk around with my teeth. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you make a good point, especially for uh, hunting and EDC knives. So many of them use some of the hardware that the uh, your Kydex sheaths are set up for um, that have all kinds of different uh, um, attachments for different ways to carry. And that way you, you could even send it with a basic clip and usually the basic clip can be rotated right like in yeah left and they're left right you can you can put them upside down you can sh- the, the kydex yeah. is is very versatile but at the same time i understand why like if i make a nice sh- knife with a you know beautiful wood and i can understand why people wouldn't want the kydex the right. other thing with the kydex that kind of sucks is the way you put the clip on it the knife usually rides higher on your belt like a leather belt, a leather mm. sheath is nice because it it loops around your belt and then it like hangs, it dangles a little bit. You know, got that dangle. You know what I'm talking about? The Kydex is like rides high, and if you're in like riding, you know, it's a little bit. Sometimes it's weird. And I started mounting the clips on the side so it would it would ride across your belt, and that actually is more comfortable if you're like driving in a car For sure. or yeah, sitting down. Or your yeah, the cross carry is good. So I mean, I personally and I and I I do the, the culinary knives too. Actually, I'm making a knife for a friend of mine who's a nutritionist. He's a he he uh, trains UFC fighters and does cut weights. And the, I've been friends nice. with him for a long time. We're making him a knife, and he was he said to me, he's like, "Do you know anybody who does camping knives, camping culinary knives?" And I said, "Yeah." And I said, uh, "Quentin Middleton makes camping culinary knives." He's like, "Why don't a lot of people make them?" And I was just like, "Well, you know, I mean, if you're camping all the time, I can imagine it'd be fine. But I mean, if you." have a culinary knife with a sheath, what do you need a folding knife for? You know, it's mm. like, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. going to, so, I mean, my opinion is, is like, Kydex is really easy and people dig it and you don't have to spend a ton of money to learn how to do it. And, you know, it allows people to kind of like upgrade if on their own dime. Can you, yeah. can you give a review of what a base setup would be if somebody wanted to get in the Kydex? I will tell you what, I'll tell you exactly. Yes, exactly. Good question. So number one is most most Kydex presses, uh, you can make a Kydex press in with wood and it's never worth it. So I used to make them. You get a couple door hinges and some two by fours and some plywood. And then you get this like uh, springy uh, neoprene that kind of like pre- compresses it. Um, a hundred bucks, you can get a steel built uh, Kite Express, hundred bucks from like one oh. holster DIY. You know, just look up DIY right. Cadex, mm. and there'll there'll be a couple companies, and they're r- worth it because there's no flex in them. They don't fool around. There's not mm-hmm. any problems. Um, you can get a hot plate, like a like a like a, a, a hot griddle, and I see people do that. You get if especially if you're using a bigger piece of Kydex. None of my Kydex strips start out. Our basis is always seven inches by 12 inches which fits perfectly into a toaster oven yeah. and then you get a toaster oven for nothing i like the toaster ovens better than the um pancake you know the griddles because you have to flip them like a pancake and it's like a lot mm. of space oh wow. the kind of the uh, the you know a little toaster oven you put it under 300 you just got to flip it around you got to make sure that it doesn't burn 
Um, and then once it's flexible, you put it, you know, you put it in your, uh, in the Kydex press, you wrap it around your knife and then you clamp it down. And then as it cools, it, it becomes very easy to cut with the bandsaw, then mm. pop the holes with the hole. You get the right size. You have to figure out your, uh, eye hole size, and then you have a get drill bits to fit the eye hole size. I would highly, highly suggest, this is a hot tip, a hot Kydex tip. Don't get the goddamn drill bits from the hardware store get a Forstner bit. The Forstner bits mm. are like, uh, a Forstner bit is a wood bit that it's like two chisels and then it kind of carves it out. The point, yeah. Because a regular drill bit is going, especially if it's dull, is going to get hot and the Kydex melts and then you end up with not a nice hole. I got you. What the, the Forstner bit, well, you can get a quarter inch Forstner bit, quarter inch tiny Forstner bit. It'll cut it out instead of melting it out. Because what you don't want, you know, you with a, with a hot, with a, a hair dryer, you can melt it. So you get yourself whatever it takes to, to drill the holes. I suggest a Forstner bit. Get the right sized uh, eye bolts. And then you can get a couple things to set the eye bolts. You can get what's called like a little anvil. And it's like a little, uh, it, it's, there are these sets. It's like a, one's like a little post and then an anvil and it, it sets it in and then you drive it down. Yeah. So it's a little die, isn't it really? It'll it's a die and then mold it, those it, pins, yeah. and then the pin is like quarter inch long and maybe four inches long. People use a hammer and that's a mistake. If you don't want to buy an arbor, use your drill press. So what I do, oh, this is the fucking Kydex talk. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll take a piece of uh, uh, G10 and I'll put it on the on on um, on the the base of the table, the work table of the drill press. Then I'll put the pin in where the drill would be, and then what I'll do is I'll use the arbor of the drill press to slowly, slowly curl over the. Um, the eyelets and then with the eyelets too you don't use a hammer too because if the eyelets are shitty they don't they want them to roll over now if you you can get arbors i got an arbor exclusively for the uh an arbor press exclusively for the carpet or the the eyelets you can get i'm sorry guys i'll just give you're good five seconds there's an actually a, a better style of die uh it's like a it's like a it rolls it over instead of flattens it uh, there's a, it's a different type of dye that rolls over the eyelets, and it actually makes it ni much nicer. You just got to be careful when you're buying the eyelets because if some of them are really cheap, they'll split. Yeah. And if you do the arbor too fast, they'll split, and you got to just have nice, even pressure. But it's super-duper easy, and, and um, you when you you cut it with the, the bandsaw, then you can clean it up on your, on your, on your grinder, and then um, you know go down to 800 grit, you hit it with the uh, old, you know, an old 80 belt. Then you hit it with uh, an old 220, and then you hit it with a, a, a 800 grit, and then you go to the buffer, and then you'll end up with a nice thing. You just got to be careful because it melts. It melts. And then let's just say you cut it all, put it all together. You put the eye bolts in. You got everything cleaned up, and then the fucker's tight. You get a heat gun, and then you just give it a little bit of razzle-dazzle, not too close because you can melt it, and then it'll open it up a hair. You have your air compressor close. And then you can close it up. It's very forgiving stuff. You can actually even stick it back in the oven and yeah, then put it back it, yeah. in and then remold the whole thing. So there you go. Yeah. Get some Did you see that. Walter Sorrells this week? He put out a video showing where he made a, a vacuum press. 
um, instead of you know using a press where you 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 know yeah. you use the, the mold. I, I didn't see it, but I know that some dudes like you, if you want like the really really nice you know detail and shit. Like I've done guns, it in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get the well. you, you mean it's you can go up. I just I'm no interest. Yeah. It, well, yeah, what you do works. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got it. You also, it's the labor too. You know, I, 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 I can roll it into the price as long as it doesn't take us, you know, we can do a, a Kydex sheath in 15 minutes. So mm. I can't really make, I can't, you know, be spending hours on a sheath if I'm going to roll in the price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm dead. Nice. <laughs> dead. Uh, Very informal. Totally or dead. Informational. You think so? Did it sound clear? Yeah, it did. It's yes. a pretty cheap. It's a pretty cheap investment. It's a Kydex yeah. a pretty cheap. And don't buy little sheets, Scott. Get yourself the big sheets, the two foot by four foot. Once again, look up DIY. You know, DIY uh, Kydex, and then their holster companies, and I'll sell you a two foot by four foot piece. So get yeah. your, don't don't fuck around. Thirty and, bucks for a sheet or something. Like and you can get those clips online pretty cheap as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got me into them che- <laughs> the, the the Alibaba ones, and I'm trying to get rid of them. They're oh, not <laughs> optimal, but really, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem. The clips are expensive. Like the TechLock clips are the best, but the TechLock clips more than the whole goddamn thing. It's like fifteen yeah, yeah. bucks for a really really nice one, and it's oh, like yeah. you know, all of a sudden it's like I got to buy a hundred of them. What? Forget it. Hmm. Uh, really quick, so you're not getting a ton of ridiculous questions about what you said and repeating. Are are there some good video resources? Like, does Andreas have some good videos or Trollski or? I think that even I think Walter Sorrels did oh, a sure. Kydex video where he was actually using the the like cotton buffer on a Dremel to buff it out. But I know that Andreas Kalani has done a re- Andreas Kalani does really really nice Kydex sheaths. Um, I, it's the most important thing is just to keep it simple and then learn as you go. You don't have to make like, you know, the one that goes to Rambo right off the bat with, you know, I mean, just get it, get a nice fit and it's, it's not hard. And if you can just be efficient with your time and energy and just simplify everything, you'll, you'll be able to do it pretty easily. And yeah, the YouTube videos are fine. You'll see, you'll see, I would look more rather than listen to these mm. guys sure. look and see what they're doing as opposed to listening to some of the horseshit they say speaking nice. from experience okay um where are we um paul jansen um in regards to the the uh bare hand forging guy what if any responsibility do makers have to show good safety practices in the content they put out if someone sees your post and does it the same way you did and gets hurt is that a reflection of you or just them not being careful a couple of weeks ago we had a conversation we talked we were submitted to a guy who is doing this straightening he's straightening his knives barehanded with like with a buck with a bucket of water and then he mm. does some sort of some sort of scientific it's like when you put a cigarette on your tongue or something like that it seems to me like you know it doesn't hurt you but um it's a good question do we have if you're putting content out there and someone gets hurt do you we've had this question before do you bear responsibility Mm. yeah i think it's more of a moral question than a legal question really (laughs) um yes you know i think if somebody gets hurt well they're fucking stupid um but also i think there is there are so many sort of maybe youngsters who get it and i think particularly with you two guys with huge followings um there will be people watching your content who don't really aren't knife makers 
and they may think, oh, I may go into the garage this week, uh, weekend and try. Um, and if and if they see you being reckless, they think that's that's the norm. Um, so I think, yeah, it's more of a moral thing than a, than a legal issue, I think. Well, but yeah. I mean, you think about that TV show, Jackass, the, you know, <laughs> one of the greatest, one of the greatest shows of all time in, in modern history. They, this, this kid watched Jackass. He, he put himself in some gasoline, lit himself on fire and jumped into a swimming pool, burned all his skin off. And then they, yeah. and then all of a sudden Jackass has got to write up a disclaimer saying these are professional stuntmen. They probably got sued. Right. Hmm. Jeez. I have done some sketchy stuff um, on my Instagram, and I always try to add a disclaimer saying that um, this is... you got to see the stuff he puts on his OnlyFans. That's sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, girl. Talk about an Arbor Press. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying that uh, I, I am not advising that anybody does this uh, or something to that effect. Um, and I have seen people turn around and replicate those things, um, but... They're taking their own risks at that point, hopefully. I don't know if that's enough to cover my ass, but at the same time, if you think about it, if somebody is a fan of the show, they want to get into forging. They go onto Instagram and they see me forging a knife. They're like, okay, I want to try that. And they buy a setup. They start doing it at home themselves and something terrible happens. Their house burns down. They burn the shit out of themselves. They cut themselves with the knife. Is that my responsibility? Hmm. At that point? But they've, they've done it based off inspiration coming from me. So... Is that my fault at that point? Because there's so many different asp- even aspects. Even just drilling a fucking hole can really fuck you up, right? If you don't have yeah. that material like anchored down properly or, or secured, you know, it can really tear you up. Um, you know, at what point are people responsible for the choices they are making themselves? Yeah. But at but- the same time, we're in this new, this is a relatively new. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details new time in in the world where there is this recreational use of industrial equipment that was Mm. relatively new in the past and a hundred years ago they weren't like fooling around with industrial equipment without being you know having any type of education whatsoever right and then now everyone has a window in everybody's life in seeing what they're doing and you're seeing more people do correct stuff you're seeing more people do wrong stuff you're getting more information that's correct, more information that's incorrect, and it's just a matter quite matter of time before someone, you know, we see this all the time on Instagram. Guy, well, the, all of a sudden you'll see some fucking disgusting finger with like a giant cut. Well, I shouldn't have done that. Or then yeah. another guy's like, 
you know, with this like blurping eye and then he's getting some fucking shard drug out of him. And he goes, well, that's the last time I never wear, you know, that's the last time I forget to wear my safety glasses. And it's like, you see that shit all the time. Yeah. And then when we talk about it on this podcast, we'll get messages like, oh, I don't want to hear about you. And I'll wait until it's listenable. But I mean, look, fucking still keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Craig? Well, I think, you know, I like Mission Impossible, but I don't ride my bike off a cliff, you know? Um, I think everything, everything, anything you see, it's your responsibility. Your, your safety is your responsibility. But, yeah, I said there, there is that moral issue of people getting into it and thinking this is the, this is the done way we do it. Is this how we do it? Um, I think there is a, there more of a moral thing there. But, you know, legally, no, there's no fucking comeback. It's, you know... I think it's it's let's let's just deal with it being ethical like can you sleep at night knowing that you were involved you you know you inspired someone to really hurt themselves god forbid only hurt themselves Mm -hmm. yeah you know I'd have a problem I would have a I'd have a real problem you know I'd have a real problem with it like I would you know have some deep dark thoughts and I would probably change what I do yeah, in general. Unless, I mean, some people do it really well for comedy effect, though. Like, like Chris Eppieri does some great videos where it's, it is dangerous as fuck, and it, you know he's making it quite clear that is as well. Um, but you know, those, those are not really instructional videos, you know. Right. Mm. Yeah, I've I've definitely been more careful over the the last couple of years. One, I mean, one in general, I've really slowed down in my posting, but even still, I do sketchy stuff myself, but I don't really post about it anymore. <laughs> Um, cause the risks that I take are only for myself. Um, and, but I don't necessarily feel the need to broadcast them or be like, Ooh, that was close. Or that was scary. You, you could know. just wear a t-shirt as you're doing it with, with the words, right. the, risk the that whole I take disclaimer are only for myself. <laughs> yeah. I actually idea. was, I'm doing a, I'm putting it together a reel for the, the, uh, pairing knives. And I was moving it around in my hand and I fucking got myself and I, and I was going <laughs> to, oh, nice. I was going to keep it as like a uh, as a like a blooper and i was like why would you push yourself through that i i just did a reel where i was cutting and a guy wrote oh you cut an onion like that where you use you cut the downs the downs first you should cut the sides first <laughs> I saw and, that I, comment. and i write and I, all i wrote all I, look, all I look back i was just like i'm sure it works i, I don't i don't engage right. I don't engage. And one of our listeners, who is, you know, he's back from the dead, I guess. I don't know what happened. He wrote, he wrote some crack. And then the other guy, you know, wrote some crack about it. And then I made a joke to my daughter. I was like, you know, the guy wrote, um, I've been cooking for 25 years. And I said to Lila, I said to Lila, now in the year 2023, um, when you type um, that means war. Um means war. When you text um. Uh, well, let me um, tell you. When yeah. you text um. That's a declaration of war right there. I said, what have you gotten with her? Because he's ready. I mean, it's like, when you read um, you automatically know someone's mad or pissed or whatever. Um means war. And I had this funny conversation with my kid. I'm like, um means war. And she's like, yeah, um means war. That's right. Okay. So there you go. Good to know. Yeah, um means war. Do you guys want to do some uh, listener feedback? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First of all, let's tell everybody about knifeprint.com. If you are designing knives, which I assume most of you are who are listening, um, have you tried doing a computer yet? 2D CAD in a browser. You don't even... You don't even need to download any programs. There's no licensing to, to worry about. It's all done in the browser, knifeprint.com. 
They've got excellent tools on there to help you build knives specifically. It's not just a generic 2D system. 2d cad system is specifically for knives um they've got a really good sort of help uh, and resource section there with videos from great knife makers showing how they use the system um it is amazing and the great thing about knifeprint.com is once you've designed your your knife you can either print it out so you have a template or you can tell them and then they'll get a laser cut or water jet cut for you just press the print button It'll come to you in the post. You pick the, the stock that you want, the thickness, whatever steel it is, um, and they'll post it direct to you. So take a look, knifeprint.com. It really is amazing stuff. Okay, feedback, I assume. Yes, so if you guys want to send uh, listener feedback, the listener feedback has been awesome. You know what? I never compliment the, the, our, our listeners. You guys do a great job every week, and I, and I appreciate the shit out of you guys because some of you guys... Are fantastic. Some of you guys are great. Some of you guys are good, and some of you guys are fine. I'm th- I appreciate all you listeners for all you. Most are fine. <laughs> all of you are good. Some of you are fine. Okay. So uh, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and you can send us all our information. This comes from our boy J Mod Knives. Speaking of of getting hurt, because I was listening to you guys on the freeway when my tire exploded, going eighty oh. miles an hour. Oh shit! As I was trying to gain control of my cargo van and pull off to the side of the road. Jeff is talking about how client photos are compared to having a one night stand. We were, you know, we were talking about yeah. um, client photos, knowing that these this could very well have been my final moments and possibly die listening to toilet talk. <laughs> I think it would be okay. I think I'd be okay with that. That being said, I walked down the freeway to the nearest gas station, continued listening to my favorite podcast of all time, <laughs> J Mod Knives. I'm glad you're okay. Glad you're okay. He sent a picture of the fucking exploded. That that tire is exploded. I mean, oh. it's like there's nothing on that rim. Boy, he fucked it up. So, goddamn it! Congratulations Thanks. for staying alive. <laughs> um, next is our good friend Josh Scott Knives. Josh Scott Knives. This is in regards to last week's episode with Don Nguyen. He said, great show last week with Don. I think the topic of social media and Instagram changing is really important. As you guys discussed, even the biggest names in our biz are affected by the algorithms. It isn't a shadow banning. It's affecting every account on Instagram, regardless of follower count. And then he wrote, I don't agree with the quote, a custom knife bubble has burst. I think the Instagram reach bubble has burst a while ago. Hmm. It comes down to getting new, it, when it, it all comes down to getting new eyes on your work. And it's very hard to do right now. I think a good solution is sharing work, sharing each other's work and asking your followers to share each other's, to their other followers. Uh, some people don't, uh, don't even know they want a knife until they see it. JSK out. This is a really interesting conversation because, uh, Craig, when you weren't here, we were talking about, I mean, Don is talking about business. We were talking about what we're trying to do and how businesses, and what you know, how content. And I made the point that, you know, they, Instagram, social media changes the rules for people in business. Like it's like all the time. Yeah. So what do whim. you yeah. do? What do you do? Like right now, I've changed the way I'm doing my reels to try to be more engaging towards non-knife makers, because the problem is, is like I appreciate what Josh said, and um, but at the same time, it's like knife makers showing other knife makers to other knife makers. It's like, I mean, that's not our, that's not the people who buy. Our stuff. I mean, maybe for Josh it is, but what do we do now to 
get more eyes on our work because it is slowing down. Instagram, yeah. like it's a fucking bitch to get any to get to get any new followers and you know new eyes on your stuff. I I don't know their stats, but I can't imagine that their user base is growing. I can only see it being declining. You know, really? they've had, they've so I, I can only imagine that. Yeah, um, but they're but they're kids aren't billion. using it anymore. Quad- kids aren't using it anymore, and but kids don't have the money to pay for knives. Well, true, true, quite true, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the reason why Allison said to me, she's like, maybe you should go on TikTok. I'm like, I'm not going on TikTok. She's like, why not? I said, well, what are we going to tell to fucking 13-year-old children? A yeah, culinary sure. knife? And, and I said, and it takes a long time to build these things up. And it's like, you know, and I'm 50. I'm almost 50. I'm not going to fucking TikTok. Forget it. Show butt cheek. Come I've on. I've done enough. I've done enough. <laughs> show a little butt cheek. You want me to show my little ass? Show a little ass? uh yeah it's it is a difficult one yeah it's i don't know i've almost given up on instagram to be honest with you Mm. um and i think even now there's this new one now threads and that's it's basically a clone of it by the same company it's very very strange very strange um and it's almost that people are now picking their sides when it comes to a social media platform as in, you know, that kind of person will be on that platform. That kind of person will be on that platform. Um, it's not like it like it was. Um, it's it's a very very strange time. I, I I acquiesced to Threads only because I got a message from Tomer. He says you better get on Threads. They don't have it here in Europe. You better get it before someone takes your your account. Oh. So I sprung into action. If he tells me to act, I act. <laughs> it was a huge mistake. I should totally not have. And now, if you want to erase it, you have to erase your whole Instagram profile. Thanks, oh, a really? lot, Thanks a lot, Tomer. <laughs> and he's lying as well. It is available in Europe because I signed up on day one he when I was in France. Me, he says to me, oh, well, he says to me, he says to me, he hops too like that. And I'm just like, I mean, he's very, you know, mild mannered. But if he, hop, he says to hop too, you hop too, you know? What do you think, Marco? Well, I think, I think Don made a great um, point last week. And I'd be curious what Craig thinks. Uh, Don was talking about how. Um, with the kind of like the fire hose of information and accounts and knife makers out there, uh, it is kind of hard to distinguish yourself. And he thinks that things are kind of coming back around full circle where people used to go to shows, then they, then they, now they do social media. There's going to be more value going back to these in-person events, especially hmm. big shows where you are part of a limited quantity of people at a thing um, at an event like that where people get to meet you face to face. Cause those face to face interactions um, have, do have a lot of value. Um, and while like what Jeff's doing with his posts to kind of like uh, inject some of his personality uh, and kind of like the other side of him outside of the knife shop, um, those bring value and, and, and ex, I guess make people maybe a little bit more excited about trying to buy something from somebody that they maybe aesthetically or philosophically, uh, you know, uh, connect with. Um, yeah. And so I think it's kind of like these tried and true, or at least kind of like these old ways of doing things are going to come back around where it is poss- probably potentially a lot more valuable uh, to go to shows than it has been in the last say 10 years or something like that. I completely agree. I can, I think people are maybe fatigued with social media too. Sure. Whereas, I mean, just think when you, when you first come on Instagram or Twitter, you're trying to find people and you're trying mm-hmm. to find interesting stuff. Um, you know, when was the last time you did that on Instagram? 
Right. And I also think, you know, you know, going back in time, you know, when the app store first opened, right. everybody's just downloading apps. When was the last time you downloaded an app? And if we go even back further, you know, when the when the web, you know, uh, when people first started getting into the web, you're all over the place. But now people generally have a small handful of websites right. that, they, that they go to, you know, and you don't really deviate from that so much. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, people are fatigued with it. And I think you're right, you know, in real life events will be will be more important i think going forward irl two irl but two uh, points then that means that places like the like the blade show has got to do more of a good job to get civilians in there oh sure you know bias, so not yeah, finding yeah, yeah. fine or we got to go to the fancy food show or something like that because it's like it's one or the other it's got the juice has got to be worth the squeeze right. i'll never forget the second time i went to blade show i met this guy young guy Met him on Saturday night at the, at the pit, and he made perfectly good EDC knives, really inexpensive. I mean, when I say inexpensive, I'm not being, I'm not being. The price was right. Like he should. There's no yeah. reason why he don't move them. And he was sweating fucking bullets. And I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I, you know, it's Saturday, and I still have over half my stuff, and I know tomorrow's Sunday, and I gotta." It cost me this to go, and it cost me this to get the room. It cost me this to get the table, and it cost me this to get the knife. I got to sell the rest of these, otherwise I've lost money. And I'm like, mm. bro. And I gave him, I didn't even give him a hug. I was like, good luck. <laughs> I was like, good luck, you motherfucker, you. <laughs> Kick him in the nuts and run away. I pulled his pants down, and I pointed his small penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, it was tough, man. But yeah. in regards to the, the goddamn algorithm, uh, you know, I did two reels in a row where I'm cooking at home. And I basically I kept them the same in terms of where I went. I, I kept them the same. The music's similar. Everything's similar. There's a little bit different. They're short and stuff like that. The one I did got 15,000 views. And then half of that views were non-followers. Mm-hmm. Well, I posted one yesterday, oh, wow. and I got 5,000 views. And 100 people were non-followers. So I couldn't understand why... One gets a lot of non-follower views, mm. and one, the other one doesn't. It's, I mean, it's like there wasn't really, and I kept them similar just because I wanted to know what was going to happen. And I was kind of surprised, frankly, that mm. there's no way to gauge how the algorithm, like how you can. It's like it's like playing bingo or something. Yeah. Right. Well, it's in the wind. Yeah, it could be the time of day that you're posting. I'm actually looking back at the two reels I posted a couple of days ago about that refurbished knife. They posted them both on the same day, but one was kind of lunch coast, West Coast time, and the other was a bit later in the evening, around seven o'clock or so. And there's half as many views on the second one as the first one. I posted both mine the same time at this on this. Uh, two different times of the week, but the same time. Mm-hmm. There was no... Because I did it after dinner, both of them. So, I don't know. I mean, I t- in, in regards to why I'm changing kind of what I'm doing is there's this guy. He's this young kid in Maryland. I shouldn't say a kid. He's a guy. He has a He's a crabber. His name's Luke McFadden. Luke McFadden. He's a funny guy. He's a he's like he's got that Baltimore accent, and all he does is crab, and he does these crabbing stories, and it's just like fucking crab. And I'm like, 
I'm compelled. I'm fucking compelled. And he's <laughs> does these goddamn. He's on the boat, and what's 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 the crabs gonna eat this time? And he shows you these things, and they're nothing things. But all of a sudden, it's like he's figured out a way to when he brings the crabs to shore, they're all gone. Everyone shows up, and they buy all his crabs. Hmm. They're fascinated by the crabbing. So I was just like, oh, maybe I should do something like that. But is the juice worth the squeeze? Well, and the trick mm. is figuring out how does it translate into what we do or in the content we're capable of creating around the work we do. I'm trying to stay away from the thieves and the knife makers watching the shit I do so they can do it. Because, I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, you want to talk about it. I mean, come on, I mean, we talk about it. We go talk about it. I would rather show people <laughs> that are at home that you can buy this knife and make regular dinner like a regular person. You don't have to be like the bear. You don't have to be like, you know, Alain yeah. Ducasse to have this knife. Like I'm making regular, I'm a regular guy cooking for my family can make regular shit. Hmm. And hmm. it's, I think that that's more re relatable than like, you know, tweezer food every five minutes. But at the same time, I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm grasping at straws. Like I said, July is not great. It isn't great. So I'm trying to like, and I'm fighting tooth and nail my to haul, haul ass we don't have to start you know paying a pr company right you know, i don't want to pay a pr company yeah, so yeah, if i can do yeah. myself you know i'm I'm obviously not going to get what riley kirkpatrick did who god bless him i mean riley's the greatest story of all time he, 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 but he like got two hundred thousand followers overnight oh you know Jesus. Oh my God! I mean, wow. it's incredible. I talk, I had talked to him; he's fantastic, and he deserves it. And it's well, worth what, it. And what like, happened? What, what did I miss? He Riley just—he's an awesome farrier. He makes beautiful horseshoes. He, all his—I interviewed him on Full Blast. It was a really interesting conversation, and he's like a real professional farrier. And he, but he does—he makes his own shoes for all his horses, and he started hmm. doing these videos where he's. He's in the same spot, and he's forging, and, you know, farriers are probably the best forgers around. I mean, in terms of pound for pound, it's probably hard to beat a farrier. Sorry, guys. Um, he just was consistent, and he did these things, and all of a sudden, something, he fell into the slipstream. He fell into that virality slipstream, and all of a sudden, it's just like, kaplow. I mean, you fucking, you know, it's great. And it's, you know, but so how do you do that? How do you replicate that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking, yeah. I just found one, I just cru cruised through his reels real quick. He's got one that fucking blew up at 17 million views. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's better than a TV. That's more, number. that's oh, like yeah. the, that's like the amount of people who watch the Super Bowl. Hmm. Maybe but, not the Super Bowl, but maybe. But when, how maybe, does that, how does that translate to business then though? You know, I mean, these, it depends on how you, right? it depends on what you do. Like it, these, yeah. it depends on what you do. I said, I made a joke to him. I'm like. He's like, yeah, they're probably bots. I said, well, send some of them bots my way. You know, yeah, obviously <laughs> every one of them. But, but I mean, there are guys now. I was talking to who was I talking to? Eh, I'm not gonna say the name only because I'm sure he doesn't want me to say it. But apparently, when you get to the point where you have just a crushing amount of of followers, that's when you get into the merch game because. Mm. The merch game, I've said it for a million times. It's for suckers. It's for knife makers. You guys are suck. I, I hate. I hate merch. It's, mm. it's just nothing but trouble. But like when you get into the two hundred thousand followers, one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand followers, and then you activate these motherfuckers with a, like a sweet T-shirt, some dudes are raking it in. Mm. You know. Yeah. When you get to a certain level. Yeah. It. 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 it yeah. I. I always. I'm always confused when people have millions of views and followers and likes. He deserves. I'm always wondering how does that come back to 
to you know people buying your knives or whatever it may but be. But he doesn't. Here's the here's the thing. Guys like Riley and Ben Snore, mm. they don't depend on social media for their for their money. Right. I mean, Ben yeah, yeah. sells hammers to Wellshaw, and you can buy you know and yeah, people yeah. can get. But but that's not his main gig. He's no doing no. I, the, I see that. I completely see that. Yeah yeah. And there's but a it's just when people are it. chasing that Instagram fame. And I, I saw something actually this week. Is like somebody said, being Instagram famous is being like Monopoly rich. You know, it doesn't really mean it. Doesn't really mean well, anything. You know, if it, you're it, not. Do, if, but if you're if you're not doing anything with it, yes. <laughs> you know, I, Fader Knives would not exist if it wasn't for social media. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'd, yeah. Be, I'd be I'd be, I'd be a fa- you know a fabricator trying to make railings in Westchester County. You know, yeah. it's like you. I've used social media to create a business that is making money. So it's like you can't say it nothing. Yeah, know, I'm not something. saying it doesn't work. I mean, my, I'm just I'm just wondering when it does go mainstream. I found you. We found each other. On, I mean, if it was, I tell you, what do you want? The fucking knife talk. If it wasn't for knife talk, knife talk wouldn't have. Um, Tomer Botner got a Tormac listening to uh, Tormac listening to you shilling them Tormacs, and then <laughs> he got a big friend. He became friends with the Tormac people, and mm. then I, he I had drinks with the Tormac guys, and they were talking about knife talk. I'm like, oh, I'm on knife talk, and they sent me a fucking Tormac. I mean, it's like it's all this networking. Something happens. Yeah, something happens. You know, you're right. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no doubt there's advantages. But what I'm talking about is the scale. When it scales, what does that mean? I mean, what's the percentage of viewers, likes, and so on that will then buy the product, you know? Um, and there's you know, there's also the other side of it, which is the, you know, the social proofing of it. So people who were considering buying, all of a sudden they see you, you've got 10 million followers. They're like, well, you're obviously the real deal. Therefore, I will go ahead with the purchase. There's all those kind of things as well going on. Um, But yeah, I I, I just find it quite interesting, that's all. You think that great big goofball Chris Cash, Mount Phillip Metalworks, would be schlepping all all these hammers all over the place? He'd be filling dents and... Of cars with Bondo, if it wasn't for social media. He'd be (laughs) like knocking... He'd be knocking dents out of fucking Toyotas if it wasn't for fucking social media. <laughs> you know, seriously, all these motherfuckers. You that, know, that's you, what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's, there's no value. What I'm saying is when it scales up, what, what, how, what does that mean for the business then? That's all I'm saying. Jo- Josh Scott would have been painting pinstripes on <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, With look those at, eyes, they wouldn't be straight. <laughs> if you're going to get pinstripes. <laughs> I, mean, look, I mean, you think Montana Knife Company would have happened if it wasn't for fucking social media? Right He'd up. be... Digging ditches too with his yeah. big diggers or whatever they're, they're called. His big back hose. He'd be getting them back. He'd be getting up on them back. Them back hose. <laughs> Whilst we're talking about Instagram, um, it is sort of knife, well, food related, I suppose. Um, do you guys follow Uncle Roger? Oh, yes. comedian. Oh, I was wondering when we were going to talk about. Oh, Uncle Roger. I love it. <laughs> I love I Uncle love Roger. He's so uh, I think it's problematic. Really. really? I listen. I watched probably. I watched Uncle Roger years ago, mm. and I was watching. And I and I was watching. And I thought he was funny, but at the same time, I'm like, what am I laughing at? Yeah. And then I thought, and I showed my kid, who you know, when you're 18 or no, 16 or 15, you're a little bit extra progressive than a 40 something year old. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I said yeah, to her, I, I said, is this that. appropriate? And she says, if you make the voice, it's not appropriate. And I'm like, yeah, if I make the voice, it's not appropriate. She's like, yeah, if you make the voice, it's a problem. And I said, I'm not going to make the voice. 
And then, <laughs> and then I thought, well, then if it's then if I can't say it and I can't do it and it's not appropriate, then maybe it's problematic in general. Mm. Interesting. So, so it, the accent definitely is part of what creates the humor, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you have you heard him speak normally, Nigel Ming? Yes. He's a comedian. He's, got a great he's British fine. Accent, right? I mean, it's he's Malaysian. It's fine. It's he's he's funny, but Uncle Roger's fucking funny. Yeah, I only discovered him. I think last week It's the first time I've seen oh. any of it, and it was just like, oh god, <laughs> okay, pretty. He good. had real problems. So Uncle Rogers is is Nigel. I think it's Ng is his last name, and he's been doing yeah, his Mr. Nigel Ng on Instagram. Where he yeah. he 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 will, he'll watch a cooking video, and then he'll be this character, Uncle Roger, and it'll be you know. I ain't making the voice, so forget it. And, uh, and, you know, yeah. and Craig ain't making the voice, so you can forget that too. And he hates Jamie Oliver as well, he hates which is part Jamie of the Oliver. Gag. Hates yeah. Jamie Oliver. He, he, and he rates all the people cooking Asian food and stuff like that, and it's funny. Yeah. So. He liked Gordon's video. Yeah, I'm At least sure Gordon of, slipped him. Of this off. I think Gordon's been in a few think, of his videos as well. I, I think, think Gordon like, slipped yeah. him. A, slipped him a couple of Mickey's, and, and now uh. he's friendly with him. <laughs> Apparently he wasn't. Very, he's not very. He's not very welcome in China. I think he said some things about uh, the communist really? Chinese and oh, really? yeah, And then apparently there. And apparently there's like there's like an internet. There's like a mob, an internet mob, and they oh. went after him. So he had a, he got a, he had to back off. He had to back oh, wow. off that. So. Okay. Okay. Well, on a lighter note, anybody listening, we can get you discounts. That's what this is all about. <laughs> TexasFarriersupply.com. Um, whether you're a farrier, a knife maker, a bladesmith, whatever you want to call yourself, they've got everything for you there. Um, they obviously sell Indasa Rhino Wet, which is the the sandpaper of superstars. Everybody uses it because it saves you money, saves you time. It's the best stuff. So go to TexasFarriersupply.com, fill up your cart with Indasa Rhino Wet and everything else like this. So they've got everything you could possibly need. Um, use Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off the whole order. So that's TexasFarriersupply.com. I mean, you could make fun of your know, barbecue, big old Jake. I mean, we could make his we could make his voice all the time. That, that, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Where's the line? Yeah, let's let's maybe not go into that. But um, big old little little Jake. What well, he is these days? Big Jake barbecue <laughs> is still. I'm watching him, and I'm not understanding why I'm watching him. Because yeah. I mean, it, apparently the comments he, for me. <laughs> he was he was well. He was extraordinarily obese, and he. Hmm. I don't know how he got rid of it all, but he got rid of a lot of the inside. But there's a lot of outside left. <laughs> <laughs> so, am I wrong? You're very right, and he still wears that same uh, the big shirt. It's like um, a, it's like a fly fishing shirt, which makes him look like a small child. It's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's fascinating to watch. If you, it, I don't know why, but I'm watching it, and every time he'll take a bite, and then he'll close his eyes deep, he'll turn his head, and say, mm, "And that's the way it is," or something, whatever. But he'll stick his our paw out, point at the camera, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of outside hanging out of that arm, and, yeah. I, and I and I'm just like, oh, okay, this is the reason why. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like, I think the your, the human skin has a certain point where it's like, all right, we're not the going elasticity back gives up. Yeah, yeah, we're done. We're this is it for now. <laughs> we're putting our feet up, and this is it. So I think he's dealing with it. But Jake loves his rubs and sauces. Jeez, yeah, everything. He's just slapping in there. <laughs> he, you know what? God bless him because he figured out how to do it. He just says the same thing over. I'm going to use the good old mustard binder. And then, and then, <laughs> do do you, you know this guy, Mareko? Yeah, I think you guys. Yeah, we did him, uh, a, couple him a couple ago. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's just, I'm it took like, me a second then, to find him again. And then he gives a, and he'll say, uh, let's put a big old dosa 
rub my butt rub or something like that. Yeah. It's like, dope. You know. I think yeah, I think he's a good example. I think he's got his own line of sauces and rubs now. Dude, he's like he exploded. He is like I don't know people. I, there is you know, Howard Stern used to have what we refer to as the whack pack, and it were these weird people. Beetlejuice and and mm. Stuttering John and all these people who had something weird going on with them and people liked them. They mm. sounded weird. They looked weird. They were weird. Half these guys. There's that other guy. We're in the after show now already, so that's the end of it. We gotta, <laughs> Seems that way. Yeah. yeah. There's another guy who 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 sits around. He'll w- walk in his room and talk about his drip, and he'll make a noise. Like, look at my pants. And oh, I saw this guy today. Yes, oh, another weirdo. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a it's like a mounting pile of weirdos. And he always that are finishes the video with like a hat, the kind yeah. of straight. Yeah, <laughs> you one, know, yeah. look at my drip. Huh? You know, it's just like, <laughs> and he's just strange. And it's just like, but he's got like a million views. It's like okay, yeah. so we all got to be we- knife makers. You just got to fucking deform yourself and fucking have a catchphrase. Maybe that's the thing. Just have some sort of weird catchphrase. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Ah. <laughs> I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm with you. I said to my kid, I'm just like, ah, I said, these people with this cat hat. She, I said, ah, you see this goddamn guy? He says this, you know, whatever, this, uh, catchphrase. Like, who the fuck does a catchphrase? And she goes, what the fuck? I'm with you. You did I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's Perfect. not working. It's not doing it for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like nowadays, yeah, honestly, like, uh, I can't, I can't remember what it's called, like traditional media, like newspapers and magazines, honestly still have a really strong place that really help people blow the fuck up. Like, look at Fingal, look at Tomer, look at the guys down at Bloodroot Blaze, look at Quentin. Like, li- Maybe like, for specialist stuff like this, yeah, quite possibly. You're finding um, that audience, yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I see stuff from Tomer on Instagram, but he's not like busting his ass off to make content. He's just like, he's putting well, his he's stuff got, up. He's got a business to run. Right, exactly. I, you know, you look at the blood blades guys. Those guys, it's a two-man team, maybe more. I don't know if they have somebody else helping in the shop, but every month they put out like thirty knives, and they're all gone. Hmm. And they have no problem selling, and they are not relying on social media at all. But it's the reputation that they've built through word of mouth, through traditional media like newspapers and magazines. Mm. Bob Kramer blew blew the fuck up because of New Yorker magazine, right? If it wasn't mm. for that article, he honest and honest, I don't know how many of us would actually be here making culinary knives in general. But if it wasn't for that New Yorker magazine article, you know, who knows if he ever would have been building knives for Anthony Bourdain that eventually auctioned for a quarter million dollars, right? Hmm. I, think, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of power in traditional media and i, and I think you're right and i think the more specialist that can be the better which is what fingal does very well he's in yeah. a lot of this sort of like i wouldn't say catering magazines but you know specialist cook magazines right. and that kind of thing yeah um and so you're reaching your audience directly then you know whereas whereas you know social media can be just pissing in the wind to everybody and hoping you get a small percentage of relevant people yeah yeah i think you just gotta be a weird weirdo I think, <laughs> I, think I, I think some of our knife maker friends who listen I mean, to this podcast can work, obviously. You're yeah. li- well, well you're, done, Jeff. You're doing well. You're listening to this. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, I wonder if he's talking about me. Yes, I am. You're fucking weird. Expo- exploit your weirdness, your big fat stomach and your weird face and your everything about it. Go weird. I mean, it's going to help. It's going to fucking help. I yeah. agree. I completely agree. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, starts wars. Yeah. Okay. Go. Well, Jeff, tell me about your grinder. 
Oh, baby, I got the 2x72 grinder from Broadbeck Ironworks. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in the promo code KNIFETALK10, you will get 10% off all the grinders, packages, the attachments. I don't know when they're going to start rolling out them power hammers, but keep your eyes open. Uh, we're going to be seeing the guys at Broadbeck over at Maker Camp. And uh, I love it. I use it all the time. Uh, the customer service is excellent. I couldn't say enough good things about Broadbeck. I'm very honored to be associated with them as this podcast is as well. So broadbeckironworks.com, promo code KNIFETALK10. Yeah. And if you got yourself a Broadbeck, you're going to want some good steel. Some good, good stuff to start working with. Um, and Dharma steel. I mean, it's if you're going to get any sort of stainless Damascus, you might as well get Dharma steel because it's the best stuff. Um, a Dharma steel lab or Dharma steel AB, sorry, on Instagram. Go take a look. The kind of stuff people are making with it. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, and they are dharmasteel.se online. Um, have a look because they've got some amazing patterns. Um, they're, they're quite regularly bringing out new patterns as well. Um, it really is beautiful, special, special stuff. And if you register for an account there and make a purchase using Knife Talk, you'll get you'll get, I believe it's ten percent off your order as well, um, oh, nice. which can save you a pretty packet. So go take a look, dharmasteel.se, um, and I believe they may have pants back in stock. That's all I'm saying. Okay, where are we? What what should we go back to questions? Shall we? What we got? Whatever Jeff? you want to. I think Mareka's got a hard out, right? Yeah, I got. Well, it's it's kind of hard. I got. I probably got to bail like in the next ten. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Well, we can do questions. We can, we can whatever you want. You've got some reviews. You said you wanted to do this week. Review customer uh, well, feedback. Uh, well, well, we had one more I wanted to get to. Uh, this is from we were talking about um, photographs, and when we a couple weeks ago we were talking about if you get photographs done professionally, who owns the rights to the photograph? Yes, mm. yeah. We oh, got yeah. reached out by Mark Adams, Mark Adams Pictures, who does all the photographs from everybody, and he gives them away. I mean, he wrote me. He wrote. He's a great guy, and um, he's a great guy. I uh, he wrote. One of the more important issues with images and usage was just ruled upon by Supreme Court. Oh. It concerns a series of prints made by Andy Warhol of Price, uh, of Price. I don't know what that means. That that used a photograph as a, as the source of the image. The initial print was used editorially, and the photographer was paid a licensing fee. Mm. Licensing fee. Andy made a series of these that were then sold, and the photographer was not paid for the additional uses. The Andy Warhol Foundation argues that it's fair use, which in this case was ruled against by the Supreme Court. My personal opinion is that when someone other than the original photographer uses an image as sourced material, they're using the efforts and experience of that original photographer hmm. as a foundation for the art that they are creating. At the very least, the photographer should receive credit ideally uh, much of the same uh, was uh, was the music industry negotiates usage fees for sample lyrics the photographer should receive the f same financial compensation so basically what he was saying is is when he takes when a knife guy takes you, the photographs of your knives he owns the photograph ultimately and mm. you should be crediting him at least and it, it seems like the way that's worded though that that same kind of crediting or whatever can could potentially be extrapolated be, in, into the relationship between the photographer and the maker obviously without the maker yeah right obviously i'd be curious but, because i know that 
some of the photographers, obviously, like the knives get posted like into magazines and Blade magazine and and periodicals around the world. They get paid for those photographs. The 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 magazine the the photographer does. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, I just know that when some of these photographers, they don't call when they you know when they get Ben Camone. You don't call up Ben Camone and say, "Hey, you want you want me taking your photograph and putting? I'm submitting it to this magazine." It just sh- turns out that it just shows up, so you're not getting any. You're not asking him at all, right? So then all of a sudden it's like, is it the photograph? But if it's the if it's the material if it's this picture in and of itself, I and mean, who really has the rights to the image versus the object and the use of the object? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird one. Most of our weirdo knife makers would be thrilled if a photographer, you know, sent it to a magazine. But then all of a sudden, you're just like, "What if it ended up in like a porno, <laughs> you know, right? Or something or something?" You're just like, "I'm not against this." <laughs> there you go. I mean, you don't have to all jump in at once. Oh, I, did, I didn't know if there <laughs> I was. A, I didn't know if there, was thought. An, yeah. if there was another. Well, it's oh, more listener feedback. You done with this one? Oh, sorry. Did Craig have some thoughts on it? Um, no, it, it, I was just literally just giving it more thought because you know it's even even going back to Instagram. You know, I'm not I'm pretty sure their terms have changed now, but it was always a case of once you put that picture up there, it's theirs to do with how they please. Right, they right. could use in their yeah. own promo stuff. They could do what they want with it. Um, and in that case, I mean, you are the photographer. Um, you know, so it's it, mm. it, yeah, it's it, it's murky. And I think if if you're working with any professional photographer, they're going to have a contract of some sort um, where they lay all this out, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it, it is quite murky, um, particularly, hmm. you know, maybe five, ten years down the line where they've still got this huge library of imagery. Um, if nothing has been sort of contractually signed, um, you know, it can get even more murky. So yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Right. Well, I'm sure it's not going to be murky when Mark Adams responds because it's, it's it won't be quick. <laughs> I'm with you, Mark. Mark is the man. I had him on full blast, and uh, he's a smart, smart guy. So feel free to pipe back in, Mark, anytime. I know you're listening. All right, and the, I want to definitely read this one. This one uh, is very special. BG.Bosch, he says, I'd like to thank Mareko for his continued openness on the topic of mental health and wellness. His recent candid mentions of taking Adderall for his ADHD has given me the confidence to do the same. I recently took the initiative at the age of 44 to get assessed and seek a treat, treat, seek treatment for ADHD. I know I've always struggled with. Treatment has led to a cognitive reasoning and planning ability improvements, resulting in reduced anxiety and feelings of failure. Whether you choose medication like Marek or myself or seek out other techniques to help you cope, the more we can talk about and share with our issues, the more it helps others build confidence through the same keep up the great work gentlemen your efforts and dedication provide a monday tonic that will help the rest of us weirdos mm. face <laughs> our week good cool i'm glad that that has helped um yeah i think i you know i kind of wrestled with it for a little while before talking about you know struggles with depression and mental health and adhd and realize that like you know talking about it does help to normalize it in a way because i do think even still as much as you know all the mental health discussions that have been happening over the last few years especially in relationship to the pandemic and people being you know in their own houses for months on ends or with one other person for months on it all that kind of stuff uh is tricky and uh, I, I think by talking about it we normalize it and it makes it makes it helps people to feel safe to seek help for it 
because I think、mm. the reality is that it's important. I, I think it's perfectly fine for somebody to seek help for、uh, help for something like this,、uh, just like they would with a broken arm. You know, you're not going to walk around with a broken arm for months on end and pretend like nothing happened because you're embarrassed about it. No, people would tell you immediately to go to the fucking hospital and get it fixed, right? And、uh, so there's this.、Oh, no. I don't know, man. I think a lot of people don't go to the hospital. I think, well, and I think a lot of people. Don't you know, seek, a lot of boneheads. <laughs> I'm just saying that I know a lot of people who don't who don't get their mental health. You know, they kind of. YouTube their mental health, and sure, you know, it's hard for people to feel comfortable seeing other people do therapy or do、uh, other、right. alternatives. And for you to be able to, you know, be on the forefront saying this is what I did, I think it's way, way more important to normalize it. Yeah, other than well, what normal people do. Well, and that's why I'm trying. What I'm trying to get at, I guess, is like, why is there a reason that somebody feels weird about seeking help for something like that when there shouldn't? It should be like treating any other kind of illness, sickness, broken bone, or anything else, right? Yeah,、uh, we don't. We haven't, as a society, we haven't come to. We have. We haven't.、Uh, no, we haven't come to the、yeah. conclusion that mental health is uh, 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 something that needs some sort of therapy or, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's a fallback from you know, when we were all kids, we were all told you know, you know, don't you know, big、pussy. boys don't cry, you know, you know, and that、sure. kind of thing. Don't be and a pussy. How,、yeah. And that's how we'd always brought up, and this whole thing of you know, yeah, as the male, you need to, you know, you need to be looking after others more than yourself, and all the rest of it, and and there's a lot. Of, Guilt that goes on, I think. Then, when you get to a certain age and you realise you may have a problem, I think there's there's a fair bit of guilt and embarrassment and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's good that people are talking about it because it's it's not a case of all of a sudden everybody's got mental health issues. It's just the case of more and more people are happy to talk about it. Yeah, you know, I think, and I think、yeah. that exactly, and I think that's important. Yeah. On that note, I'm having、uh, Bob Rank. It's coming on full blast in a couple of weeks, and we're going、oh, to、wow. talk about、uh, what's going on with him and you know the impact of. How you know, the impact of losing his son,、um, mm. and actually, with that said, he has is having a raffle.、Uh, go to bob bob rankin custom knives dot com and buy a sticker, and that is going to enter you in a raffle that Chad Kimmel and uh, Brian, uh, Dennis Terrell and a couple other guys are getting involved in.、Uh, they're raffling off two knives, a K tip and a Santoku. To support Bob Rankin and the economic impact of losing his son,、uh, eight-year、mm-hmm. U.S. Navy vet,、uh, some of the steel from the Tower Two of the Twin Towers is in the Damascus, and the pins are、uh, there's some of the pins are forged off cable from the USS Eisenhower, and the handle material, which is white oak, was planted on the George Washington estate. I'm not saying George. I I said to, I made a joke saying. George Washington planted this tree, and I'm just like, all right, this is like planted on the George Washington estate. Fucking George Washington may not have gotten the shovel, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, but it's all certified and documented. And then the video of the build was, will be up on Dennis Terrell's YouTube page. You can enter by purchasing a sticker off Bob Rankin's website, BobRankinCustomsKnives.com,、uh, and then you, the raffle goes through the 31st of August. So, you want to help somebody with some, you know, at the aftermath of mental health, go help out Bob.、Mm. And when、yeah. is Bob on your show? Do you say next week? He will be on the first week of July of, Ju- of August. Of August, August, right, okay, August.、Cool. So I'm having it on in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, Morocco, do you need to shoot? Okay. Okay. Well, nice to speak to you again, and、um, we should speak to you again soon. Bye for now. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. 
What are we doing, Jeff? Shall we um, go to a little after show? Oh, whatever you say. Okay. Whatever you say. I thought we were all going. I thought we were all leaving. Well, let's fuck around. Oh, right. Okay. We we can't. Let's fuck around. You're all alone. Let's fuck around. I'm all alone. Yeah. Okay. We haven't got the intro music. So, yeah, I should mention, actually, I know it's late in the show. Go ahead. I'm using a really shitty little mic here. Sounds great. Apologies if it's not up to the usual standard. Sounds terrific. I good. can't tell the difference. Sounds really, really good. Really? Okay. Okay. Let's go. It says Mareko has left. It says cast hasn't. Are we not worried about? Let's have it a look. It says cast hasn't seen Mareko in over 10 seconds. I think we'll be okay. I think mm-hmm. we're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, Unless you want to stop recording. No, oh, we'll be fine. Gone. Oh, well, he's gone. He's gone. All right. Yeah, he's gone. It makes no difference. Okay. But we'll be fine. We'll be all fine. right. I get nervous, you know. That was a good yeah. show, by the way. It was a good show. It was a good show. And it's a bit weird for me because it, it does feel as if it's been weeks and weeks since I've been on the show. But it's, it's, I literally missed one week because so much has happened in that time. You know, I've been so busy. It's, it, it does feel a bit weird. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Well, be back. It's, it, we had a good time with Don and uh, it, it, it was cool because we didn't just answer questions. We tried, he, wanted, he wanted a vamp. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But you were definitely missed. Cool. Yeah, so, Don's cool. Don's yeah. cool. So what you got planned for the weekend coming up? Well, I have some, one of our neighbors is, is, is quite ill and, um, there's been a lot of fucking cancer going on lately. A friend mm-hmm. of mine just got out of the hospital for cancer, but our close, close neighbors who is, you know, we're, you know, have going through it. We're having them over to the backyard. I'm going to make a paella for them and they're very excited and, you know, mm-hmm. cheer them up a little bit. And then uh, actually <laughs> we're going to fucking, we're going to a Yankee game on, on uh, Saturday and the problem is the Yankees suck. They're ruining <laughs> the Yankees and the Mets. Both New York teams are ruining my summer. I'm making, I'm making the proclamation. The Yankees are ruining my summer because I only get to watch a certain amount of games if they're free. And yeah, they yeah. fucking lost every single one of them. And I All end the up free staying, ones. <laughs> and I end up staying up too late and then I don't get a good night's sleep. And then I'm pissed and I'm running around. And so we're going to yeah. see the Yankees play the Royals. Uh, my kids... We're rounding third on all the stuff we're going to do before she goes to college. So we're going to go see the Yankees on Saturday. So hopefully nice. they win. Very nice. What are you doing? Um, well, well, I'm here in Wales with um, Amy and the kids. Um, but she flies back on Sunday with the kids. And I'm here for another five days on my own um, as I'm doing a bit of work here. Um, so, um, yeah, we just spend a lot of time with the kids, taking them out and about because they're off school now. So. Um, but it, it's the weather's pretty decent here too, so it's been nice to get out and about. We've been to a few beaches, and um, we do have a, a sitter Saturday night. So my wife and I are going out again. Are you going to that? This is becoming a regular thing. It's, are it's, you going to go to that place where you're dropping dr- dropping trow and, and taking a shit in the garbage can? No, the no, 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 no. <laughs> That's um, what I picture, by the way. That's that street. You said me once in a while. We talked about this a couple of months ago. There's a street in Wales. Where at the end of the night, it's just fucking mayhem. It's where everybody just, goes for food. Yeah, yeah. And you can just imagine people just like, I got to go to the bathroom right now. Yep. Pull their <laughs> pants down and take a dump right on the top of the garbage can. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I'm not sure where we're going. Actually, we're going to have for food somewhere nice and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And I said, then Amy's back on Sunday. Um, so I've got a week to myself here in, in Cardiff, sort of on my own. So. Weirdly looking forward to that as well. So. How is Britpop going, your new podcast? Really well, really well, really enjoying it actually. Um, 
Yeah, so Adam and myself, um, I think we put up our third episode yep. today. Today, um, yeah, really enjoying it. Um, it's, it's very different to the show because we're, we're, we're it's a bit more like a radio show because we're playing sort of full tracks in. Um, and um, I don't know if you, in America, to the, well, they wouldn't have it, but we have this thing called Desert Island Discs, which, which is a sort of a an old BBC sort of classic thing that's been on for like fifty years. Um, where people talk about if they're on a desert island, right? They, they got to name ten songs and why they choose them, right? Um, so it, it's that sort of style, really, you know. So we have a theme each week, um, and it's all to do with sort of nineties British music, and um, it, no, it's good fun. It's good fun, yeah. So I've sort of inadvertently started a band with with Adam as well. Um, he plays guitar too, and we sent each other back back and forth a few little bits and pieces um and he's got a bit of a studio as well so we're adding bits and pieces to songs and that. and um i don't know it's fun it's fun it's really, really enjoying it it reminded me actually this past week uh howard stern has been on vacation for the summer and i guess mm-hmm. who know this might be in accordance with the sag strikes and stuff like that he decided he somebody tweeted Howard Stern has broken onto his radio station. He has a has a, his whole studios in his basement, and he's he's recording live with his friends. Yeah. So he had a dinner party, and Jimmy Fallon was there, and Brooke Shields, and Drew Barrymore, <laughs> and John Bon Jovi, and Robert Downey Jr., and all these people were there. Yeah. He decided to do basically what you do, and he asked every single person, "What's the one song you want me to play?" And he would he would do. Because Sirius has the rights to these songs, he would do, he would, you know, Jimmy Fallon, what do you want to hear? And Jimmy Fallon would say the song. And it was cool because it was just like, it was like old school radio, but like new school podcasting where you Mm. can, you know, Drew Barrymore picked a song and then, you know, Robert Downey Jr. sang with John Bon Jovi in there. It was kind of, frankly, it was not great radio because they were like, they were so, so, they were so love deprived, you know, and and (laughs) I probably a lot of it has to do with the strikes. Because they can't, I mean, all the all the comedy shows, um, they're not on because the, there's a writer strike. Yeah, and the yeah, act, yeah. and then the movie guys are all not on because of the you know actor strike. So these guys are all around the radio screaming and hollering like normal people. And but it was cool because it was like what you do, where you name a song, and this is the reason why I want to do it, and. Yeah, and that's why I like the stories of songs because the story means something different to everybody else, you know. So, so yeah, so it's all good. So, <laughs> whilst we're on, and this is an after show, I need to tell you a bit about our holiday. Go ahead. So, um, we went to a place called Lanuthia in Spain, which is um, close to Alicante, um, which is where Nick, who produced my record, he lives, and he said, "I'm going to take you out into Benidorm," and now. Anybody, any British people who listen to this, if anybody's left listening to this, they'll know exactly what Benidorm is. It's the trashiest, like, resort place in the world. You know, it's just, it's just terrible. It's where the Brits go. Everything's cheap. They're cheap beer, and the youngsters go. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those places. Um, and there's, there's a legend in Benidorm called Sticky Vicky. Oh, jeez. Yes, and now, now I. Sticky Vicky is now generations old. So the original Sticky Vicky then passed the baton on to her daughter and then her like niece and all these kinds of things. And like Nick was like, you're in Benidorm. We need to go and see Sticky Vicky. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So we end up in this, like, this, this bar and out comes Sticky Vicky, completely naked, as you'd imagine. Um, but then out comes um, various things from various orifices. And 
you would not believe what was going on. She pulled out like flags, right, <laughs> of various countries. <laughs> out um, of her most intimate places? Out of her most intimate place, yeah. And yeah, these were all linked by a rope. Can I just Enough. tell you, I just want to stop you real quick. If you Google Sticky Vicky, the first p- picture that comes up is X-rated uh, Benidorm legend Sticky Ricky hospitalized after suffering. She's in a fucking hospital bed. <laughs> oh, Jesus. She, she looks like, I mean, grandma. Well, that, that's probably the original uh, one. Then, yes, getting yeah. into a car with a well-massaged um, message flooding of fans around the world. She got, got a car accident. She looked pretty fucked up. Jeez. Right, go ahead. Jeez. Sticky Vicky. Anyway, right. this, this particular Sticky Vicky, who is probably her granddaughter, wherever it may be now, um, pull, pulled out, uh, you know, the flags, and they're all joined together by a rope. Yes. Enough of this came out to go right around the bar, and this bar was huge. There was hundreds and hundreds of people in this bar. To go right around, wrapped around most of the males that were there, and she'd carry on, wrapping it around everybody. This was like hundreds of metres of ribbon. It was it was impressive. That's all oh, I can say. That's like typhoid Mary. Wow. <laughs> all of a sudden, yes. everyone who was there gets the fucking yeah. clap. And How the, you come know, I have chlamydia on my neck? Like, <laughs> sticky Vicky. That's Vicky for you. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, there we'll was, call her sticky for nothing. Light bulbs and all sorts coming oh, out of there. It geez. was. It was. So you uh, yeah. saw that um, with my wife sitting next to me. Yes. What, yeah. did, what did your wife have to say about all that? <laughs> she was. I mean, everybody. Everybody knows of her. Anyways, it's you know, right. it's 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 part of going to Benidorm, I suppose. But um, what a crazy, crazy place. I mean, where we were, we were out. We weren't staying in Benidorm. We were like 30, 40 minutes away. Uh, but we just went in for that one night, and it was just carnage. Just unbelievable never oh. never seen anything like it really just, oh. is that is that the place where you used to take your pants down and take a dump on top of the garbage oh quite can? E- quite easily <laughs> quite easily and that wouldn't be the worst thing you saw that minute you know it was <laughs> yeah it was yeah when, it was mad uh, when you were in spain did you have the, i didn't realize this i always thought that their like national drink more or less was uh sangria hmm. but tomer told me it's not it's it's um it's oh, vermouth but not vermouth like it's it's i think it's spelled v e r m o u t h and it's like their national it's 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 like sweet vermouth that you put in a, a manhattan or something but it's a, you drink it on the rocks no and we didn't no, it's no. super duper cheap i actually had one with with our boy stuart um new forest uh new forest forge mm. and it's delicious and it's like wow. it's not like sweet vermouth but it's like they all drink and it's cheap as shit and it's like it was delicious with sweet vermouth. It was unbelievably good. Mm, wow! So he never. That's what it. I did find about Spain, particularly where we were. Anyway, is just how cheap everything was. Right. Everything compared to France, it was just just crazy. What's the best thing you ate? Uh, what we talked about earlier, um, a oh, supermarket pie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we went to restaurants. We had steaks and things, but none of them were that good. Right? You know, uh, you know, you know, decent restaurants. But none, none of it was real good. I could definitely retire to Spain easy. Mm. Easy, yeah, yeah, but Easy. it was it was it was super hot, super hot. But we we sort of had the best of both worlds. So where you know where we were, I say we were thirty forty minutes away from the madness, but we were in like complete luxury, you know. So it was right. it was nice to sort of get away from that and just you know just have a break from the kids, really, you know. And it was wow. it was lovely. It was nice. well, look at you, good for you, and making sure that the family units all squared away. You got to keep that core squared away. You and your wife got to keep oh, that yes. core squared away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well anyway shall we call it a day now let's do it hour of 51 minutes a whopper of a show thank Sticky you all for Vicky. listening
Sticky Vicky. <laughs> feel, feel better. Feel better, Sticky Vicky. You got to keep that, got to keep sticking it up. Yeah. You know, keep keep yeah. it up. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you all again very soon. Bye for now. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.